Check, check, checking, check. Check this episode 179. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This is where it's at with your host, Shane Chapman and Way Red. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah. yeah. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Let's yeah. go. 179, Bryce. How does yeah. that make you feel, Bryce? Good. Good. Feel great. Bryce? Man, are we gonna like freestyle the next intro? Yeah, I think we probably <laughs> should. Uh, no Wade today because Wade is what women want. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Well, he was he's not here. He's and he, he's at a place where okay. he had to pay to get that though. <laughs> True. <laughs> yes, he did. But everybody who's there that have things that women want had to pay to be there. That's true. That's true. They all had to pay to be there. Uh, Wade is away in Saskatoon because in Saskatoon is the What Women Want show this weekend. Well, today and tomorrow. And so he's up there. Uh, is, can I say manning the booth? Is that still a uh, peopling? Personing the booth. Personing, personing the booth he's, at the What Women Want show. He's... Standing at the booth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this this uh, show, this What Women Want show, not this podcast, but the mm-hmm. What Women Want show was in Regina as well, but it was in March. It was at, like they're in drastically different times. Way earlier. Way I earlier. don't really think so. it matters when that show is, though. Like Probably not. As far as for us shows go. For us, it's probably better that it was spread out a bit because we had other shows also in March. It would have been tough to manage that do you think it would be better to have uh some of those spring shows not in march and more like april um this year sure because this year april was very slow but on some years you'd be like we can't do this it's too busy right i think march is a good time it's just that the weather was really crappy this year in march well that and like i feel like in saskatchewan it's always crappy it's like such a it's a coin toss yeah it is a coin toss. You're never March weather. You never is. know if you're in spring in March. <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, maybe on the calendar it says it's spring, but seventy <laughs> percent of the time it's very unspring like in exactly. March. Still. Yeah. Uh, Corey Dub says Saskatoon women take longer to figure out what they want. That's why we sent Wade there because he looks older. Uh, the women there are more patient. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, they take longer to figure out what they want, and so they expect uh more gray hair on right wade's got that salt and pepper look there. for his there. entire there's life there's no pepper left in <laughs> it's wade. all salt it's just salt uh he also said that he's surprised that i'm still here i am also surprised, I was surprised that I'm you still walked here. in this morning so <laughs> one of the first things you said this morning was like we should do this podcast earlier than later because you're on borrowed time and you i was like are you're on. right borrowed time son. and then it turns out we did it an hour later than we anticipated originally so that didn't happen uh but i'm on baby watch right now that thing rings you're gone uh so this podcast may (laughs) end abruptly Uh, my wife is due in two days and she was early with the first two kids and this is the third one so yeah uh statistically they say that the third one may be earlier than the other two we don't need to get even earlier well, pot, like unlikely to be later. Oh, okay. That's fair. Right? Like, so anyways, the other ones were a day or two early. We're at two days before the due yeah, date right now. So you like never know. Uh, it's probably happening any moment here. So let's get to it then because <laughs> I have places to be. All right. The topic for today while you find the fancy okay. little intro song. the wrong button. Okay. Yeah, ready? You always do. Let's get to it. 
USMC says number three was four days early for us. Yeah, at this point, I'm almost willing to call this one late. Like, I oh know, yeah, I know it's not the due date, but it's like it's later than we thought it probably would be. Um. So anyway, but uh, you know what the, you know what the, what are you trying to say? <laughs> you know, I'm, You're I'm not trying. really giving me enough oh, to man. Like, try and I finish am, your sentence. I am really, yeah, I'm giving you absolutely nothing. <laughs> I was trying to segue from what we were talking about into what the topic was somehow by talking oh, about okay. the, the strength of a good family is making sure it's built on a good foundation. And then there it was. Bryce, there's a segue. You did it. The foundation of every great deck. Good job, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Eric Teru says, should get a pool started to see how long Shane stays in the podcast today. Oh, Uh, that's not a bad idea. You guys in the chat can do that. There's actually a pool going on in work today, which that's how you can tell our business has gotten to another level. When office when pools a baby begin, pool? oh. not even like baby just pools, but just pool? like pools. Oh, right. So if we get like a lottery pool or. Yeah. Like it was like when it was just Wade and I, it wasn't like, we're like, Hey, <laughs> you want to <laughs> have a pool on, <laughs> on like what? Like I'm going to have a baby. I'm like, Hey Wade, you want to put some money down on when my wife's going to have the baby? It's right. just exactly. him. Like he's the only contestant. Like, well, I'm going to bet against myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, let's have a survivor pool and see who makes it to the end of Survivor. But it's just the two of us. Like that's. Mm. Have you ever done one of those Survivor pools? I, yeah, that was that was. I pulled that from my past. Oh, that's that, was, that was real office thing. Was real. Right? Did you win? I don't recall ever winning. Oh, I don't I know that a, I lost. I've won a couple like, times. Have you? Yeah. Really? Well, the ones at Sastel were good because we usually had like 20, 20 people in the pool. How much did you have to put in? I feel like it was twenty bucks, maybe. Oh wow, a big pot then. Yeah, I feel like it was. Tw- it could have. I could be wrong. Cool. Could have been five bucks. I don't know. Crazy. But yeah. anyway, so we've gotten to the point now where there's enough people that work here permanent full time that our, our bookkeeper slash, slash office admin yep. started up a baby pool for me. Are you in it? Did you get in there? No, I did not. You son of a... Well, I'm not a I gambler. I just want to tell you, I'm not, <laughs> not a gambler. A gambler. <laughs> I'm not a gambler. I don't gamble. I have no idea what the... If, I went to how Vegas. many people contributed to the pool. I have no idea. I went to Vegas and I didn't even spend money. I didn't gamble. I don't usually either, to be honest. So. Like I, I'll sometimes throw a hundred bucks down somewhere. Like that's yeah. my extent of gambling in Vegas too. Uh, we've, we do have some, they're, they're doing it. There's a pool in your USMC says 27 minute mark is his bet. Okay. And Eric says he was going to say 32 minutes. Um, we're at six. So there it is. Uh, so we better get after it then. Let's so get to it. Way back when, if you've been with the podcast for all 179 episodes, that's a lot. You may recall this episode, but it was one of the early ones. I want to say like it was before me three, four, five. Like it was before Wade probably even like, I think it was actually when I was doing them by myself for the first five episodes. What was it called? Do you remember? The foundation of every great deck. The foundation of every great deck. So feel free to borrow that for this one too, if you need. Begins with. Foundation of every great deck. <laughs> so uh, it was a good episode. It, um, it has been one of our best uh, listened to ones. It's yep. in the top is it top five even of 100 it's top 10 for sure it's top 10 for sure and uh deck protect slips in with the 4 a.m tomorrow so he thinks we're going to get through this podcast he would be the most historically accurate because the other two have she's always gone into labor in the middle of the night and then like they're born at like 6 a.m so he that's the worst it's like he knows he knows so Uh, but anyways i thought we'd revisit this topic a because um because it did well it's a popular topic (laughs) Right. And people want to know. And uh, chances are, if you've only discovered this podcast in the last few months, you haven't gone back to the start. 
mm. and listen to it all the way right. through. That's not, like not many people do that. 250 hours of podcasting mm-hmm. to listen to. And you probably aren't doing that. So yeah. this is new to some people. The other reason is things change. That was done two years, three, three years ago Four. where are we at? Four How many weeks ago? are in a year? There's 59 and a half. How many weeks are in it? 52? 52. So we're like into the fourth year of recording these things. So like we can do it for three and a half years. So yeah, yeah. stuff's changed in the industry. There's some new products out there. There are. We should talk about them. So let's get to it. Where do you start with the foundation on your deck? I'm going to talk about three categories of products. Uh, one is on grade. So above ground, doesn't okay. go into the ground. Number two is in ground piles. Boom, 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 boom. And number three is flat roof or sleeper applications. Okay. We're going to talk about these three categories and within them, there's multiple products we'll talk about. We'll start with on grade on the ground, the worst kind, the worst of the kinds of foundations. Yeah. Of remember all la- of the foundations. Remember last week where we had had a couple of drinks and we got kind of fired up about some stuff and was I was that two weeks ago. That was, that was last, last week. week. Uh, and, and a guy, um, Haney construction sent us a message after the fact and was like, the only thing worse than listening to you three buffoons <laughs> go on and on on during that podcast live was re-listening to it as a podcast. Later. Why did he listen to it? I don't know why he took another run at it, but he like, it's his own fault. He knew it was bad or good, depending on what you're looking for. Right. Because he's I like, mean, we could bring up ledgers again. That's he's the like, foundation of it. He's deck. like, you guys would start a thought and then self-contradict yourself and change your mind in the middle of the sentence. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, that happened for sure. It happens. We'd start off be like, it's the builder's fault. And then by the end of the sentence, it was like, no, 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 it's, it's, we're, we're back to being the inspector's fault. We were trying to work through it. Right. It was a live action work through. There was a lot bouncing around in our heads that day. Yeah. I'd say so. So on grade foundations, this is, uh, for some areas that are more strict and I'm guessing, or like earthquake zone stuff, this stuff's probably never okay. I'm guessing in California, you're not allowed to do this at all. Uh, mm. but in markets where the ground doesn't move aggressively, <laughs> Yep. Here. But even here. <coughs> well, it moves, but we just, we, I think we discussed last week, even there, that there might be a reason for allowing on grade. I, oh boy. Didn't we? Was I that cut? I, think I don't so. recall. I think you did. Okay. Um, I don't recall, but on grade foundation, uh, types are okay here. Yep. In certain circumstances. So, in the city of Regina and the city of Saskatoon, I believe in both markets, if your deck is no higher than six feet off the ground, that's 8,743 millimeters. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Uh, then that's not even close. Not even that's close, like eight man. Meters? Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. No. So uh, you are allowed to, you don't have to do an in-ground foundation. You don't have to have a pile underneath the deck unless uh, it has a roof structure. That can catch wind or can take snow load or whatever. The deck by itself under six feet, fine. If you go 45 minutes down the road to Moose Jaw, shout out to all Americans friends. We're going to love the The names of Regina and Moose Moose Jaw. Jaw. 45 minutes down the road, over two feet, they want you to have a foundation, like a pile in the ground. Are they worried about the deck going down or up? Um, I don't, like probably up. Okay. It's a windy place. You have, yeah, we have wind here. We do. It's windy. And not a whole lot to block it. Right. For Regina, moose jaw is the wind block. And so they're at two feet. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyways, if it's under those those things and, those, and check with your own local department to see if these are okay ever and at what height. But if they are, then the most common way to do it in this market 
is to use some sort of adjustable footing, adjustable saddle yep. on the bottom of the post. Yep. And that rests upon usually a slab of some sort. So here commonly it's a 16 by 16 inch, two inch thick sidewalk block for lack of better words yep. underneath to help uh, spread the weight of the, so you're not kind of point loaded on the dirt, I guess, and mm -hmm. sinking. It'll spread the weight a bit. And then on top of that is your post with either a saddle that, you know, most commonly made by like Pilex. They have these little adjustable saddles mm -hmm. that the four by four or six by six post sits into. And then it's got a threaded rod on it and a nut and you can adjust it. Or what we love nowadays, and we carry both these products, but the yep. GH leveler, which is a much better product than the Pilex one, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so the GH leveler similarly works by mounting it to the bottom of the post. You actually drill a hole into the core of the post to allow the threaded rod to kind of house inside of. Mm -hmm. And that way, if the ground, not if, when the ground, when the ground moves, settles or heaves, yep. you get under there with a pipe wrench and you can you level can, your deck. You can adjust your deck. Yep. Um, so the Pilex ones give a bit more travel. It's like five inches. The GH levelers are three inches of travel on those. Um, but uh, they're much stronger too, laterally and the amount of weight they can carry. So they're a good option for a budget deck if the rules permit. Now, some people listening to this podcast are going to, if you use these products, they're going to call you a hack. As, that's a, as a deck builder. As a deck builder. Right. They're like, you're a hack. Because you... Because that's how they that's how you they cut your heart. They oh just calling you a hack. Yep. You're a hack. In the world of deck building, calling Talking people you. hacks is like and it, it's a big insult. Because you're like just chopping at stuff. Just just a hack. Just hacking just hack it. It. You're not really thinking. You don't you're care just what hacking. it looks like at the end, you're you're a hack. You're hacking it. Hack. Oh man, that sounds that's a horrible word hack. too. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Shane's got a hairball. That yep. So those are very common here. Um, and, and those like the inspectors are okay with them here. Pyramid things. What are those called? Yeah. Those pyramid those blocks, things? cottage blocks, okay. elephant feet, elephant all sorts feet. of names for those things. Those go hand in hand with these things. Like the Pilex ones would typically sit in those cottage blocks, elephant feet, whatever. Um, and that just kind of gives them just like the, I guess those kind of spread the weight out and give it some sort of lateral stability in there, I suppose. Um, deck protect says no way I've used them. Sometimes it is what works. Hmm. So uh, the third one option, third option there, and this is why we're doing this podcast is because this one's newer than the last podcast we did about this. There's a product out there called tough block and it's the say it's kind of like those cottage blocks that are made out of concrete, mm -hmm. but the, the tough blocks are made out of, uh, I think it's like recycled plastic or rubber or something like that. They're a, like, like they're a, a heavy, big black footing. that kind of spread the weight to hold the posts in the middle of it. They're the same, same kind of thing. Like those, uh, like parking lot, uh, bollards at the end of you don't you don't know what I'm talking kind about dove yeah. oh okay maybe i don't know you know, Do I know what you're talking about? About? you know usually they're painted yellow and they're at the they're to stop you from going past the parking stall like the curb thing yeah sometimes they have them in the middle and oh. they're made of rubber sure might be a similar material to that like a recycled rubber i'm not exactly sure i can't believe you haven't seen these well i think i know what you're talking <laughs> about but it's a weird correlation isn't it just the material is similar you're saying they probably look the same too some of them well maybe anyways um, Sorry. So those are option two, tough block. Uh, like they're more expensive than the concrete versions. That's the for reason, sure. The reason I brought this up is because I was wondering if you had to put them down with rebar. No. They're just heavy enough to... Like, well, the decks have to sit in them. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to blow away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're eventually going to put 10,000 pounds on top of them, so they're not going to go too far. 
so that's the end of the on-grade stuff. If you can get away with the on-grade stuff, uh, you know, if it's a really low, low to the ground deck, if it's a temporary structure, like maybe at a campsite or something, then like, or if you're not allowed to pour piles, maybe yep. there's a lot of infrastructure under the ground. You can't dig a hole. There's reasons where these are okay. Mm-hmm. It's just, you got to check with your own local market because they might be not okay, a little bit okay, or really okay with them. So <laughs> if you were, if you're to do more on grade stuff with these types of, um, materials or solutions, I guess. Yeah. Would you, would you recommend floating your deck? So what was the start of that question? If you were to use the on-grade solution, would you recommend floating, would you your, recommend floating yeah, your deck off I, the house? I, because yeah. of the movement that happens. It doesn't happen things. here, but I know, I know some areas, I believe Manitoba might even be a jurisdiction where this is the case. They're okay with you using those things. If you don't attach your house, that's part of the rule. Right. Here, they're fine with it. Other places, they're not. <laughs> Here and they're fine with it, you it, wrecking your house. <laughs> it totally makes sense that you would not want them attached to your house if you're yeah. using those. Because you're essentially saying, yeah, the deck is going to move with this product. And that's okay. But debatably, it's, it's not okay. Not okay. <laughs> to attach to the house, it's not going to move. And then have this thing hinging up and down. Right. And, you know, weakening the fasteners or whatever it might be where it connects to the house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, probably a good idea to float that. The trouble with that, like trouble with doing it like that is that if you use these surface blocks near your house, one of two things is going to happen when the ground heaves and pushes that thing up. And if you're building close to your door threshold and you're not leaving a a gap there, that thing might end up above Above your door door. in the winter. And the second part of it is that excavation zone around your foundation that, you know, roughly three feet of, of disturbed grade that's they've backfilled in there that Will seems to perpetually settle definitely move yeah it's just, it's going to sink a lot yeah so the nice thing about attaching to the house is that you you're floating above where mm. the ground isn't super stable mm-hmm. um so well that's a tough question yeah then. yes See? and no then hey yeah uh, contradicted choose, ourselves again the, the end of your story of that question <laughs> sure did uh and i'm gonna leave you without even uh giving you a recommendation <laughs> There you go. People, homeowners right now will be like, so which way do I do it? Oh, it's up to you. Shane's running no, for no. office next year, apparently. Yeah. So. No, no, I'm trying to learn from you. Don't just leave me <laughs> hanging with the options and no like guidance. Um, What's next? Deck protect to slab on grade is different, I think. Slab on grade. Oh, like the, if the house is slab on grade? I'm not sure who he's referring to there. But anyway, the second one is this is going to be universally accepted as the best solution is to do a pile or a footing in the ground. Yeah, do it that way. And so I'm going to talk about four options that are common nowadays. Um, I know to depth on them. two. What do you know? I know the concrete pier. Yeah. Right. So you dig down as deep as you can past yeah. the frost line, mm-hmm. put, put one of those uh, sono tubes yeah. into the ground and you Heck fill it with yeah. concrete. Let's go. And then you, that's what you put your deck on. Give her. Yeah. Give her hard. Give her hard. <laughs> uh, and, and you got your pier. And then what else? What's screw the pile. Helical, screw pile. Helical screw pile. Oh yeah, bud. And that's where you put the get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. We get it. That's where you get the the screw pile guy to come in and basically just screws a big screw into the ground. Absolutely, With one thread. It's got one thread on it. Right, it doesn't have to really well, do much. Pretty big thread though. It's a big thread. Pretty big thread. <laughs> so yeah, those are the two most common. Yep, easily, easily. And then there's a bit of a gap, <laughs> and then there's these other ones that are a bit common now too. Uh. Diamond piers, we're going to talk about a little bit, and ground screws. I've seen those. I've seen the diamond piers before. Okay. I'm, okay, no. No, I'm not. I was like, I'm going to order, no. (laughs) 
I don't even want to suggest what I was thinking because I don't think it's even accurate. Uh, so let's go through these one by one. Diamond Piers. Um, Deck Protect says Helical all the way. I would agree. If you're looking for guidance, Helical Piers are the ones that I think are the best. So there you go. And, she, then, and then you get attached to your house, which answers the first question too. Shane's starting his career in ASMR video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some dudes right now are just like snap their head towards the speakers. Like, what is this? Nobody can hear us. Right. You did that. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. So uh, let's go. No, let's start with concrete piles because these are the most common. These are the oldest solution. Yeah. One of the most effective. Everybody knows about these. Engineers are good with these. There's no questions. You put these on a permit, they're going to pass. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. There's so many problems with them. So, well, <laughs> if you don't do them right, there is, right? Yeah. But it's common for people to not do them right. And so you mentioned how they're done. You dig a big hole dig and you a fill it hole. full of concrete. The other thing is you have to dig a huge hole. It's got to be bigger than the, the tube. Right. So, yes. So there's that, right? You've got it. So first of all, you have to size it appropriately, which you've either got to refer to some sort of calculator or chart to tell you how big the pile is supposed to be or an engineer. Um, because not one size fits all. They might be... No. A, they might be as small as an eight inch diameter sauna mm -hmm. tube. They might be 10, 12, 16. They could be 24 inch piles. It depends on what's big. going on top of them, right? Yep. And then the depth you go is 100% dependent on where you are because it's 100% dependent on your um, your climate, for one, if you're frost cycles. It's 100% dependent on the ground type, like mm -hmm. the soil type you're going into. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no one answer for any of this. What you have to install for a pile, a concrete pile here in Regina is versus Tacoma, Washington. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or, or San Fran. Well, even, even is like, significantly different or like Ontario, like the, like the Canadian shield, you right. put something in a rock. Yeah. So in Ontario, they do their, uh, concrete piles three to four feet deep. Yeah. And that's, that's what they need to do. And, and our Southern us friends are like, holy smokes, that's deep. Yeah. Yeah. Hold your gitch. Just wait. <laughs> Hold your beer, son. Strap in. Uh, they go significantly deeper here. Yes. And so when we're talking about Tacoma, I believe they go 12 inches. I don't even know if it's that. <laughs> I don't even know if it's that deep. Like they literally take a shovel out and dig a hole and then put concrete there. That reminds me, quick little sidebar here. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of, uh, I was watching Family Feud the other day, Steve Harvey. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about this one? No, I don't know. Okay, so it was a question on Family Feud and Steve did not get any answers for this one because it was, what is the number that men lie about the most? Well, I know what popped into my head immediately. What was, what, what? Penis size. Right, so you went to penis size. All of the contestants just said numbers. Oh, they were like 27, six, six. inches, yeah. 100. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you see the episode? Like he's got so many good like clips he's because he's a great ones. host for that. Yeah. Like he's so funny. Um, there was one guy that, uh, I don't remember. I don't know. He had a really strong accent. Um, African-American guy who, what was the question? What is, what is the, what is uh, something to the effect of like, what are the top things that would be disastrous to happen on your wedding day? Yeah. Did you see that one? And this guy says, he tried to say, he said, no pastor. <gasps> and so like the pastor doesn't show up. Yeah. But his accent, he said, no pasta. No pasta. And Steve Harvey was like, he like, okay. Like, what are you talking about, man? And the guy's, <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no pasta. <gasps> and Harvey's like, 
I thought I told you. And he's like going into like doing the Steve Harvey thing, like making a big deal, whatever. He's like, okay, let's see it on the board. No pasta. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. Like, no, uh, he's looking for a word. He's like, priest, no priest. He's like, and then Harvey just uh, loses it because he legit yeah, thought he was saying yeah. the spaghetti wasn't showing up on time. Pretty funny. Anyway. Back to concrete piles. piles. Washington, 12 inches deep. Sure. You dig that with a shovel and you pour your uh, concrete. No big deal. No if problem. that's the case, one bag, then it's like a really good solution for doing that. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just do that? If you're in Ontario and you got to go four feet deep, different story. That's a lot more work. Now you're digging out an auger at least, mm -hmm. at least a two man auger to get, uh, you know, to get your hole dug deep enough. If you're doing it here, you're just not, you're not, you're, you're not digging that hand at all. I feel like that's why the, the on grade stuff is allowed here. <laughs> right. Probably here. They're going to require you to go at least probably eight feet deep. Yep. And that's, just because that's where you get below the frost line. The frost line here mm -hmm. can be six to seven feet deep. If you go eight, you're below the frost line. But what they actually do here, engineers will typically call them 16 or 18 feet 16 deep. 16 or 18 feet deep. Because they typically want to go like double frost line, essentially. And we've got really crappy soil here. It's not just well, frost, but in Regina specifically. Clay. Yeah. The ground moves a lot here. Yeah. It's sweat, not even, not even summer to winter within like yeah. water. Retains like just a how lot much of moisture. Right, yeah. Kinda. It swells when it, it gets swells. wet. Yeah. And when it dries, it shrinks a ton. Yeah. When it gets dry, it gets real dry if it doesn't rain. So if you have a pile on the ground and the ground is constantly, even during summer, swelling and contracting and swelling and contracting, well, mm -hmm. the pile gets pushed out of the ground. Yep. And then you add in the, um, the, the freeze thaw cycle and the frost on the ground and frost also causes things to like, it causes the ground to swell up. Yep. It heaves. And we all know that like, like when you, <laughs> there's like a few analogies I could go to with this, but they're really, what are you going to go with gross? Like popping a zit. I was popping thinking about it. It just right? pops out. Yeah. But it's like more of a slow zit. Right. Like one of those really deep suckers, like the deep, deep blackheads you see on TikTok. Yeah. They like squeeze it and it starts to come out and then when they let go, it sucks back in a little bit, just yeah. wallow back in though. And they squeeze yeah. it. That, it's like whackable. It's a concrete pile. The piles are a zit on the face of this earth. <laughs> okay. You're right. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. That's a perfect analogy. You're not wrong. So they they freeze and they they pull up or they heave up a little bit and then the ground thaws and they don't ever settle all the way back down. And the next yep. year they heave up more and then they, so that they go yep. up two inches, down one, up two inches, down yeah, one. All of a sudden the thing's jacked down. out. Up, yeah. You yeah. should probably not do just up and down. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't do a proper depth pile, it's not going to work mm. here mm -hmm. or anywhere if it's not proper depth because of that. Now there's some things you can do to combat the, the heaving or the depth of it. And that's to bell out the bottom of the pile. Very common practice to dig your pile down and then create a bell shape at the bottom so that the concrete is kind of anchored down there. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's essentially a, a war of friction with the ground. Yep. The frozen ground that's trying to heave is wants to grab the pile and pull it up. You need that friction below the ground to be the other half of the tug war to like, to not allow that to happen. Belling it out helps it to anchor into the ground. Mm -hmm. So if you can bell it, great. How easy do you think it is to, create a bell at the bottom of an eight foot hole <laughs> or a 16 foot hole right? or so that's why they go deep here and they don't worry about the bell so much because it's yep. pretty tough to bellow at the bottom of a hole that's way down that far and that's why screw piles are better right so the other problem to this is imagine how much earth comes out of the ground when you dig a hole that's 12 inches in diameter and 16 feet deep yeah that is a significant Not amount a, of earth yeah and it's clay you ain't never getting that back in there. So you're not shoveling it. No. 
Like now you, you need machinery for every step of this thing. You need to bring in a bobcat with an auger to get deep with extensions to get deep enough. And then when you pull that earth out of the ground, you're not mm-hmm. shoveling it with a shovel. You are, yep. you have to scoop it with a bucket because you can't shovel it. It's yep. just sticky. It's like trying to shovel like dried out Play-Doh. Right. And if it's dry, then you're even more hooped because right. it's like concrete. Yeah. But if you go like 10 minutes down to White City, Emerald Park area, suburbs of Regina, it's all sand. You could shovel that, no problem. You can dig those, no problem. So for a variety of reasons, concrete's really a pain in the butt here. Home builders still use them because that's what they put under houses. And so if you're doing the deck at the same time, they'll just punch concrete piles for the deck as well. I've seen a lot more houses uh, in the past 10 years use um, not concrete piles, but uh, hammered piles. Yeah. Hammer like steel girders straight down. Yep. Why don't we do that for decks? Why don't you create like a like a know. like a shanked um, like nail essentially? I don't know. You wouldn't have to dig anything. Screw piles work. I'm but not think about how they drive them. those how how they drive those things in. It was a giant pile driver. Yeah, it's pretty cool on the back <laughs> of a semi. Like you're not getting that in people's backyards. That's true. That's probably the problem. Um, deck protect says all right. Let's all agree. Digging sucks. Digging sucks, yeah, especially here. So because of that. Helical screw piles are amazing here. Yeah. Let's just get to that. Yeah. It's called uh, physics. <laughs> yeah. It works. <laughs> yeah, it just, <laughs> it just works. There is literally not really any drawbacks to using a screw pile over concrete here. No. There's an argument to be made, again, when we're talking Washington, California, where you got to go eight inches deep on your pile or 12 inches. It's like, okay, well, that's not too hard to dig out a spot and pour a pad, like a mm. pile for that. Yeah, but even then you could you put a nice little screw pile in then. You could, but there's a cost difference there then, right? Oh, yeah. To do, okay. to do 12 inches by 12 inches of, of concrete costs you $12. Right. That's true. <laughs> right? That's true. And a concrete pile is going to cost you 300 or sorry, a helical screw pile is going to cost you $300. So mm-hmm. there it's like, pretty. it's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. Here, when you do a, pie, a concrete pile that has to be excavated by machinery... A yard of concrete to go in the hole, mm-hmm. or two, I don't know, 16 by 16 feet deep by 12 inch pile, I don't know how many yards of concrete that is. Um, and then pay to haul the dirt, the clay away that you like. Yep. You're probably four or $500 a pile. Nowadays, it's probably 500 plus a pile. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So a screw pile, uh, while they have gone up in price a little bit the last couple of years, are still like under 400 bucks. Oh, yeah. That's so way better than concrete. You're not. There's no cost advantage to doing concrete here either, and, unless you're doing a crappy one. And you can run them as deep as you need to. Right. Because there are portions of Saskatchewan that, and it's like this everywhere, but it, even 16 feet isn't deep enough. Right. Exactly. So, and the nice thing about that too, is that you can, you can decide that as you're driving the piles, you don't need to pre-dig the hole and then like test yeah. soil down there and be like, oh shoot, looks like we got to bring back the machinery to go deeper on, on the the auger. So the screw piles by default, they're 10 feet long is what the companies here use is 10 foot long piles with either a eight, 10, 12 inch helix typically at the bottom, sometimes bigger, they can go bigger if they need to. Um, and they go 10 feet because that's well below the frost line and they don't work the same way. It's a, it's a smooth steel pole. Mm-hmm. The ground has nothing to grab onto on that necessarily. So there's, it's not really trying to heave it out of the ground a whole lot, but even if it was, it's anchored with a plate anchor at the yep. bottom of the hole it can't really yeah good luck get digging pulled these up. up and in order for it to come up even it's kind of got to be reverse screwed so yep. it's got to rotate in order for it to go down it's got to rotate mm-hmm. so it's the bearing capacity is very high on these things 
uh, and they're not going to turn, not going to rotate. So they work quite well, both on uplift and supporting weight. And right. they drive so simple. Yep. They do require machinery to drive them because they're 10 feet long and they're a big pipe. So you're not going to turn these in by hand. But you, they, like, for example, Techno Metalpost uses a little like uh, remote controlled machine that'll fit through a small gate, like two feet wide gate. Doesn't have he to just drives much, and he's yeah. not even on the unit. Other guys like Post Tech, they use their like, they have a little backhoe that they install them with, whatever. It just needs a hydraulic um, to and turn just it. Needs to turn. And so these are, they're simple and they, they go in in like four minutes. You yeah. go back, there's no digging. So you don't have to dig. You mark your pile, you put the pile on the drive head. You Spin start it spinning it. And in two minutes, it's driven to 10 foot depth. Mm-hmm. And here, there's rarely a rock in the way. Oh, let's also talk. As soon as it's in, you can build. Right. Two minutes, he backs out and you can start putting your posts on and start building your deck on top of it the second he leaves. Yep. Whereas concrete, you have to leave it to, to dry for a day. And in areas too that they require um, pile inspections, sometimes there's, there's another weight. You dig the hole, then you have to have the the depth inspected first. Oh, before you even pour. Before you even pour. Because there's no telling by looking at a concrete pile how deep it was. <laughs> that looks like it's about a 12-foot pile. Yeah. How deep did you put that? 16 feet? You gotta dig, really? Got to dig down next to Because there's only like sure. three shovelfuls of dirt over <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you promise? I promise. I, yeah. So, but with the piles, they can be stamped and marked like any any, um, you know, like a hanger nail. You can tell by the head of the nail because of the marking on it, what type of nail was used. You can tell mm-hmm. by the hanger, by the marking on what type of hanger. Like, you know, you can you can identify these things um, without just, like, taking somebody's word for it. Yep. So you can drive these things and not require that inspection. So that's quicker. And then you don't need to wait for the concrete to dry, so that's way quicker. Yep. So they're just really awesome. So now my question They're is, also repositionable oh, before you move on. We're just like... Let's say you plop <laughs> the thing in the wrong spot. Oh yeah, just back you it back out. it out and you put it in the right spot, it. and it doesn't like disturb as much ground. All that ground really goes back in, right? Yes, when you're done driving it, there's a small mound of dirt, like an anthill. You step on to huh. flatten it back out. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> so good. Uh, your question? I was going to say, well, since we can't use screw piles in Washington because it doesn't make sense, what would we use? Well, they do, like they do use some, they, they, but they're shorter. They don't always have to be 10 feet either, right? You can do a four-foot screw pile or a seven-foot screw pile or whatever. Right, or like diamond piers. Or diamond piers. Uh, there's some questions here. Uh, Mikon decks, I just put four in the wrong spot, had to remove them and reinstall in the right spot. Only took about one hour to fix. See, he had said that before yeah. I even brought it up, and I didn't see it, but you he was already on the same path. So, yeah, they can. there was a guy here, the screw pile installer that we've used quite a bit here before. His sister-in-law had a hack take a run at her deck <laughs> and he went out and installed the piles for he it, it, of course, for his sister-in-law. Yep. But the, the hack had marked out the piles. He drew out and I can't remember what it was. It was, it was an, it was a few, it was like 10 or 12 piles. He had driven all these piles. Um, this hack came out, <clears throat> put some boards. It was a, it was a, an embarrassing it was, state of affairs. It was an embarrassment. And this guy took off with her deposit and never showed back up. Like he told you, he was, a, he told he's just gone. So who knows his pile markings, if they were even supposed to make sense, or if he just went out there with a can it's of like, marking bop, paint, bop, was bop, like, bop, boom, bop. boom, 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 here you go. There's a deposit. See you later. Anyways, because they used helical screw piles, Mike, the screw pile installer, was able to go back out, back out all the 10 of these piles, 
I went out there to help him relay them out because he was going to build the deck now and I went out and helped him relay them and we drove all the piles back in. Done. That was fine. If those were concrete piles... Oh, you're screwed. You're screwed. Which is funny. You could maybe... like what you, you should have gonna- used screw piles. <laughs> right? <laughs> What's that? You I should- said you're screwed, and but oh, you should have yes. used screw piles. Yes. Uh, deck protect. That's a mighty fine hole. Carry on. Uh, TC deck says, where's Haney? This conversation is... Some innuendo gold. He's just showing up late here now. Uh, USMC was wondering where Haney was, and now Haney's here. Haney's here. Levi, Haney says, Levi, I'm trying so hard to behave today. All this pile driving talk, hole inspectors pulling out and redriving. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Look, we have a screw pile. Now, we do. Now, there's light. I was just going to talk about that, actually. There's light duty screw piles you can find, too. You'll find these at box stores. You can find them in our store. Um, they're four foot long. Uh, so before we go back, you mentioned we can go deeper with those piles and I forgot to mention, you can go as deep as you damn well want. Yeah. You just keep adding, adding the, extensions. Just on. adding it's another wild. 10 foot extension. So the guy who does our pile, he did a, I think it was a solar field or something a few years ago. And they said, they said they went 40 feet deep on those piles. Oh, wow. So you start with 10, the torque isn't high enough there. You add on a 10 foot extension, you drive another 10 feet, torque's still not good. Another 10 feet, another 10 feet. There we go. They're great for the lake. <laughs> That's how I see it. Yeah. Because the lakes around here, your frost line is super deep because yeah. it's so wet. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're really versatile that way. Um, so yeah. And there's the light duty screw piles that, again, Pilex makes. Uh, they're tiny little miniature versions of a proper screw pile. They're fine for uh, small stair landings, tiny, like small projects. They, they claim they'll carry up to, I think it's 5,000 pounds or 3,500 pounds, but you turn them in by hand. So I can't imagine that you yourself are going to achieve that torque ever. I suppose if you drove them in um, hydraulically with something, maybe you could find the torque needed to support that weight, but they're pretty tiny. Like they're, yeah. I mean, you'd have to get pretty, like you'd have to get all the way down probably. Yeah. And you can put little two foot extensions on those two, but they're not like, this is apples and mangoes here. Like they're not apples and mangoes. (laughs) They're the same shape. They work the same way, but they're in a significantly different like category of heavy dutiness. Right. Um, but they're there if you want them, uh, diamond piers. So, What's a diamond beer? Uh, TC Dex says, holy cow, I can imagine Haney's face just turning red. And USMC says, screwing by hand is never as fun. <laughs> we don't even need to go there. Nope. Um, Haney says, does that make it bells deep? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all you're going to give that one. <laughs> just a, wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So diamond piers, I've personally never used these. And the reason is I did witness them in a magazine like six, seven years ago. And I thought, well, that looks really cool. That, that seems like it'd be a great alternative to doing a pile. And because what they are is they're, they're kind of like a, well, they're a diamond shape. And they, you excavate a small hole in the ground to kind of sit them into, like to bed them in. The bottom diamond shape kind of sits in the ground and then it, the rest of it sits above ground. It's got four pre-drilled or pre-formed holes on the sides of the pile. So it's kind of got four sides, diamond-ish like. And you drive these pins, large pins. Right. I don't know the diamond of the pin, probably, I don't know, inch or inch and a quarter That's big diamond pin. pin, big pin, That's steel big pins. Pin. You slide these into the pre-formed holes and you drive them in with some sort of hydraulic or pneumatic hammer of right. some sort of action or sledgehammer if you're really wanting to get after you it. Get after it. 
And they crisscross underneath in the ground. So you drive these pins in from all sides. These ones crisscross and these other ones crisscross. So they kind of like lock themselves into the ground. Um, the reason we never ever decided to use them here was they were only effective for frost steps up to 48 inches. Yeah. So we just talked about that doesn't work here. Doesn't work here. Um, so we've never brought them in or whatever. But some people do use them and some people swear by them. Other people have used them and say they've had issues with them cracking or not like well, oh, the actual okay. block cracking whatever but some people say that's all we use and they work great so i don't know so are they made out of like concrete like a hard yeah yeah like the, See, they should make them out of that rubber stuff right they could because then they wouldn't crack right so i imagine this is probably a fiber reinforced concrete of some sort i don't know yeah. what the makeup of it is but uh that's how they work so they're a neat they're a neat idea and if you're in a place with shallow frost then i imagine they probably work just great yeah Yep. So there is that option. Um, Deck Protect says the concept is there. They give a massive load displacement. Yeah. So they're, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, I feel like they did that on purpose. So, they so, just wanted you to say that. Right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Those ones are kind of a combination of on-grade and in-ground. Yeah. The actual block itself sits kind of on-grade, but then the pins are driven down into the ground. So I you still have a combo unit. Dig it out. I'm not even going to read Haney's next one. <laughs> That's just getting worse. Uh, yep. The last one we'll talk about is also new since we did the podcast last time. It's intriguing to me, but I'm confused as to how they would work in deep frost areas. But they are what the, the category of them is kind of called ground screws, I suppose. So what's the difference between a ground screw and a helical screw? Pile? Right. They work similarly. Um, but you mentioned before how a, a screw helical screw pile has one big screw thread on it like it's one like big tie thread one big helix whereas the ground screws look like a traditional screw oh, they're really? threaded all the way up the all the way up the sh- oh uh, yeah the all shaft. the way to the head <laughs> all the way up the <laughs> shaft right and do you need a giant screwdriver yeah really well they're driven typically with yeah like they're driven again hydraulically or pneumatically or I don't know if they like, they have an electric um, tool that drives them in. So, oh, okay. so what's nice about these is that a contractor themselves wouldn't need much equipment to install these. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to get into doing your own piles, this right. is a really good solution because it's a handheld electric tool that actually drives them oh. as opposed to a big chunk of machinery. Right. right. So that part's convenient. The part I'm confused about is that that's, they only make them, hmm, I think up to seven feet long. I could be wrong. And typically they're shorter, like four feet. So the, the frost question comes into play for us. If like you're yeah, kind of in the middle really, of that frost zone, yeah. They, in my opinion, they would have to be heaving. I get they support a lot of weight down. And they have significant uplift strength as well. Mm-hmm. But to me, they would move in the ground just like, <laughs> just like uh, yeah. You should just don't do that. They would anymore. move like this. They would move. I'm like watching the delay thing here now to see how Ready? that looked when, I, when <laughs> I do it. <laughs> so, hold on, folks. Let me just watch my own self here. There it is. <laughs> I know. I commented on that earlier too. Okay. Oh, if you don't watch this podcast on Instagram, you miss out on so much. So the ground screws, you need a big screw tool yeah. to put them in. Yeah. Because they, they drive in, they twist in just like the helical screw piles or like a screw. Yeah. They're a screw that goes in the ground. Um, different size saddle attachments. Like they work very similarly. Mm-hmm. Just in my opinion, the benefit for our area of the helical screw pile is that it only has one helix, one screw at the very bottom underneath the frost. So it acts as that anchor. Whereas these ones, it's, it's the screwing part is in the frost area. 
Now, if they, there's no, there's nothing saying that they couldn't develop a 10 foot long one with, you know, threading only on the bottom three feet or something. And that would be work just the same. Right. Problem is putting that sucker in with the tool. Cause now you're, you're not 10 feet tall, Mm, mm -hmm. right? Like a four foot one, you stand it up and you, a six foot guy with a, with a, a jack on top or, or electric drill or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You can stand there and put these things in, but if they become 10 feet tall, now you're doing it what from the top of a ladder or something like, mm. so th- it gets a little bit more complicated when you have to start doing that. It's probably why they never went over seven feet. Yeah, maybe. Cause even at seven feet would be like, you're be standing tough. on a, probably a two step ladder above your head trying to get that thing started. Yeah. So they're really intriguing to me. I like the idea of them again in a place where like say Washington or something where it's like, you know, they don't have to go very deep on them and you can drive a three foot or four foot version of these things. They sound really, mm-hmm. really good. I know mm-hmm. that Cascade, I think has been using them, Cascade Fence and Deck in Washington. And so they've had, I think, really good success with them. And how nice is that, that they're only, you know, four feet long. You can throw them in the trailer. Like 10 of them doesn't take up a whole lot of room to, to move around. They sound like a good fencing. Uh, yeah, they could work with, with fence too, I think. Yeah, probably. Uh, so we'll catch up on some questions or some comments here. comments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip the one that Haney said before, but this next one's funny. A ground screw is typically done outdoors. <laughs> yep. Uh, Duck Protect says he's dying here, probably because of the one I won't read. Um, I've, I've got to pre-read Haney's before I can decide if I'm actually going to read them or right, not. Right, you're pre-censoring. Uh, his Hitachi Magic Wand needed <gasps> is needed for a ground screw. You just said that. <laughs> um, USMC says screwing and frost sounds painful. <laughs> uh. TC Deck says, I use American ground screw with 52-inch screws. We have a 36-inch frost line here, and I haven't had a problem. So Levi, did those like the threading goes all the way up? Like how high up you have threading in the frost zone and they're not pulling up, I guess is my question to that. Well, he said he used a 52 inch screw. Right. But I don't know if they're threaded all the way to the top or if it's just like three feet and then the top foot and half is not, mm. not threaded. Okay. So some of his threading would be below frost and that might help it to not move. Right. I don't know. Um, Cause what is like the ground is not turning around the thread. It, like, Something so, has to give there. But the more threads, would that help help you stay down? But like how? On, like, like on a regular screw, does that? Like if you had, like think about if you had a screw, one, like a wood screw with one thread in it, it would still go in, right? Yeah. Would it come out easier? I don't know, but imagine you had like, let's go back to Play-Doh. Okay. Since we've used that already. Yeah. Imagine you had a ball of Play-Doh yep. and you took a regular wood screw and you screwed into the Play-Doh. Yeah. And then you and then you squeeze the play doh and made it squish up. The screw is going to go up with it. Yeah, but so is the helical screw pile. Not if the not unless you helix get all goes the way to the bottom through below. Yeah. Okay, yeah. below the play doh, and then you squish it. It'll just move around the shaft, and it won't pull pull out, out <laughs> of the ground. That's right. Right. That's right. You're but if right. you don't get some of those screws below the ground, then it's going to. Yep. The, it's going to move with whatever's moving around it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Haney Construction, Frosty the Snowman loves... Mm, hold on here. It's Frosty the Snowman loves screwing in the frost with or without a jack on top or a jack off top. <laughs> TC Dex, expe- expensive initial investment, but well worth it. Threading is about two feet on those. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I've explored it. I've talked to those guys, the Stop Digging company that makes these ground screws. I've talked to them um, or a distributor of them, and they couldn't give me an answer about whether they work in deep frost. Mm. And so I was like, this is not giving me confidence that yep. they will work. So I don't know. Um, number f- three. Oh, there's another one? There's another category? The flat roof. This oh, is a yeah, quick yeah. and easy one. Okay, yeah. The flat roof option. So if you're building a deck on top of a flat roof or on top of a slab of some sort or mm-hmm. just different applications for this, you're not putting anything in the ground. You're not driving um, piles into your roof. Nope. You are instead going to have likely a waterproof membrane on top of that of some sort. And the idea then is that you need to sleeper that with something and have the decking floating above it to allow for airflow and allow for water drainage and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And so generally you use a sleeper. Uh, a sleeper can be anything. A sleeper, a sleeper got its name because typically in, you know, like in a basement floor or something like that, if you're sleepering to keep the, the flooring up off the, the subfloor off the concrete, instead of putting two by fours on like standing up, you lay them down. Okay. Yeah. And things that are laid down are sleeping, sleeping. So they're called a sleeper because they're laying down. That can still be a two by four treated two by four or something laying down on a flat roof. Or you can use something like a little bit more modern, like decorators has their MBC sleepers, their mineral based composite sleepers. So they're a two by two inch and a half by inch and a half. Uh, sleeper that doesn't have any wood content or organic content to it. So it doesn't matter if they stay in a wet environment. They could stay underwater. They could stay underwater if they want. So they're perfect for that kind of application because on a flat roof, you generally do have, like they're all sloped to drain, but sometimes they don't drain fast or they do pool because of settling mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or this might be sitting around a swimming pool on a on concrete slab or something. And yeah. it's going to be always wet. Right. So you want to build that up with a sleeper to give airflow. And then the sleeper itself, you should either use something that doesn't, isn't affected by water or, or else it's going to rot <laughs> eventually like no yeah. what you do. So those are options. And then also the idea of using pedestals. These are very common for rooftop applications as well. Um, these pedestals are essentially kind of like the GH levelers. They're actually really similar to a GH leveler hmm. that they just have two plates and, a, and an adjustable base, adjustable threading on it, but they're usually a plastic, like a polypropylene or some sort of plastic as well. Oh, okay. And they essentially, again, allow you to level a, a flat, but not level surface really easy. Cause you can screw them in and adjust their heights. Mm. And then you have some sort of framing member that, uh, or sometimes it's just a tile that spans between without framing members, but you'd have your substructure sitting on these pedestals, um, corner to corner. And you'd kind of lay these out like a grid matrix and build on top of them. Okay. So that gives the same thing as a sleeper, but it just makes it much easier to adjust for like to level off your rooftop. Yep. If you're, if it's not level. So, um, handy construction. Nope. Not reading that one. And then he swallows up with decorator sleepers over EPDM is the way almost always. So that's a very common scenario is having EPDM roofing membrane. Um, like basically rubber sheets on top of a flat roof is how they create a waterproof environment and they're all seamed and then that roof is sloped towards a drain of some sort somewhere. And so, yeah, putting these decorative sleepers on top of that stuff is great. Right. Because it won't, it just won't ever rot. It won't rot. So really good option. Quigley Dex just joined us. He's late to the party. There was some uh, activity in here today. Yeah. But that's... Some activity. That's it. That's the three categories and the products within those categories. There's a few like products out there that are unmentioned, but it's just like we stuck with the more common ones that you're going to actually hear about if you're researching this. So any questions, Bryce, on those three Mm. 
scenarios no. or products? No. no, because no, no. I was just thinking like attaching uh, your deck to the house is also a form of foundation. Is it not? Yes. Yeah. Right. In a way. Yeah. In a way. Because if you weren't attaching your house, you'd be using one of these things. Yeah. So yes, when you're attaching to the house, you're transferring the load of that deck to the house's foundation. Right. And the right? house has a pretty good foundation generally. Should. Should, yeah. <laughs> like you're basically, you're attaching to the the rim joist of the house, which is sitting upon a concrete wall, which is down onto a concrete footing, which is probably got piles underneath that. Right. Or a slab. And then the, like, yes, mm-hmm. it's structurally sound for sure. As long mm-hmm. as you make sure that connection from the ledger to the house is proper, then you're good. Right. And we know we don't need to talk about ledger connections. <laughs> you want to get into that again? <laughs> um... Quigley Dex, guess I'm going to have to listen while when the podcast comes up. Yes, you are. Haney Construction, am I getting sent to some Canadian tribunal for this podcast? Um, Jack Protect sounds like a grad application, so Grad Concepts has pedestals. Um, there's also a company by the name of Bison or a product by the name of Bison that makes pedestals that are quite common. Um, TC Dex says, what was Fresh Dex's preferred footing application? Mm. And we are caught up in those comments. So helical screw piles. That's what. That was fresh decks all the way. That was fresh decks all the way. I, they've been out for a while. And so when I was building decks, it was either an on grade for some of those budget decks that were low to the ground, if that was possible, or a helical screw pile. I never, I don't think I ever poured a concrete pile. Did you? So in my life, when you quoted your deck, you just quoted them with helical screw piles. Yes, if they required a pile or if I, like, I wouldn't force people to use them. If they were on a budget and they were trying to do things and the deck was two feet off the ground, I would use the on-grade options. Mm -hmm. Um, But for sure, helical screw piles were, if we were doing a pile on the ground, it was that. I never poured a concrete pile. Do you think as a contractor, it's a good idea to use, like, try and quote helical screw piles? Otherwise, let your client know that, like, if the deck fails... Yeah, if I was still doing this, so <clears throat> keep in mind that like I retired from deck building when I was when I was in getting prime. You were at the top. Well, of kind the of. Pack. I was working up. I was I was getting higher end clients at that point and doing higher end projects and doing cooler things. Like at the end of it, I was using screw piles for everything. But certainly as I got to that point, like I wasn't going out and doing eighty thousand dollar decks with uh, adjustable saddles on the bottom. <laughs> right. Like that wasn't right. happening. Right. But back when I was doing like three to five to six seven thousand dollar decks, well, those had that. If I was still going, I would have. I wouldn't be even giving that as an option anymore. I would, I would have been doing higher budget projects that could afford to put the screw piles under right. the thing, right? Screw like, piles are bust. Right. And so that would just be the, the option because if you do the on-grade stuff, there will be a callback no matter what you tell the customer up front. Like you can tell them, you can put it right and you can do whatever you yeah. want to say like, this is going to move and you're going to have to come out and adjust these. And the second they notice their decks on that level, they're phoning you mm-hmm. like my deck's not level. And you'd be like, well, I told you about this. Remember mm-hmm. the little package I gave you? Oh yeah. We threw that out, but my deck's not level. So you need to come back and fix it. Like you come back, fix it. And it's not a, it's not a, it's not a big job to go relevel the deck with those things, but it's a job. It's mm-hmm. an hour mm-hmm. to go out there to pull up, to take your tools out, to get the deck jacked up and re-level it is time that you yep. don't need to be spending. So what's that worth, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Helical screw piles. Get use after them. it. Yeah, I think. use them. Uh, Mick on deck says, I agree with Bryce on the last podcast. Builders should be responsible for whatever they get paid to build. Thanks, Mick <laughs> Oh, man. He's going back in this. <laughs> We're not going to start this today. <laughs> I'm good to end this crap whenever you are, Bryce. Yeah, okay. I'm <laughs> like... 
You guys, thanks for tuning in. Great episode. We'll see you guys next week. Haney says, anyone involved in a deck project has a responsibility to call out structural and connectivity deficiencies. There it is. Boom. See you next week. Deck podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site. Come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.